0: How you doing, Raja Bell?
1: Yeah, I've been better, bro. I've been better. Um, yeah, I missed. I missed the call time tonight. It was twenty minutes late. Phone died. I don't know. Jeez, man, what were you doing for twenty minutes, dog? I was watching Drew Brees' farewell tour. Damn it! Like he would look like he was gonna cry. He was going off the field. I, it's busy. You had me
0: and Sasha over here about to cry. We were literally about to cry right here, man. We're hitting you over there. But anyway, we finally got Raja on the pod, and it was great. Okay, we talked about James Harden. We talked about getting traded. We talked about the media. We talked about him getting traded. We just talked about a lot of things. How Brooklyn's going to do with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Wow. Seems like a great show. Let's get to it. Real ones. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. Robin. Logan Murdoch here. Roger Bell. Real ones. Raj, you all right, man. I've seen um your, your uh your Florida partner, Brower County legend, Lamar Jackson is out of the playoffs. Are you Chill. okay, man? Chill, dog. Listen, yeah.
1: What am I? First of all, the fact that you're in the playoffs is an honor in and of itself. Secondly, we overcame like the monkey is off our back. The hour, you like that, right? Like this is a this is a this is our backs that the monkey is off of now cuz we got the first win so it's baby steps doll. Like it, it, as it relates to nba like cats don't just come out and win championships in their first run around the block second first playoff appearance that you baby step into that mj you know didn't make the playoffs his first couple of years then he made them kept running into the celtics ran into the pistons it took him a minute mm. dog like we were, we, yeah
0: don't don't trip we're straight All right. All right. I'm just saying I'm a Raider fan. I don't like or, you know, like a reformed Raider fan. I don't know nothing about no playoffs, bro. I don't know what that's like. I don't know how to develop a quarterback second year. He's going to the, you know what I mean? I don't I don't know what it's like for expectations, man. I've never rooted for a good rookie quarterback or a young quarterback ever in my life. Man, the last time that the Raiders had a good quarterback. Oh, Derek Carr. But last time the Raiders had a real bona fide MVP quarterback was Rich Gannon. And he was on the back end of his career. So, like, I don't know what it's like to root for somebody that has, you know, I don't know. So, I'm just, you know. That's asked. Really also, oh, so, so like. you weren't,
1: okay. So, I thought that was, like, kind of like a tongue-in-cheek type of thing. You were really well, concerned. I was checking you really wanted to know how I was doing with Lamar going down and not getting
0: a dub. I'm okay. I don't know if you realize this. I don't know if you realize this, but I was rooting for the Ravens, too. Oh, Marcus, remember Marcus Peters? We had the whole thing last oh, week correct. about how Marcus yeah. Peters is, we were on the same team. I wanted the Ravens to win this game. Like, I, I wanted the Ravens to go to the bowl. They got a, I was trying to see Pat, I was trying to see Pat Mahomes, you know what I mean? And and uh, Lamar played for the uh, conference championship. That would have
1: been dope. But I do think the Bills, though, like, I do think the Bills and the young fella, uh, Josh Allen, have way more of a chance upsetting Kansas City than Lamar and them did. He needs, hey. you want Lamar to take the next step, I'm with it. Get that boy some weapons, dog. Like, Hollywood Brown is dope but and, and Mark
0: Andrews is tough, but get him some weapons, dog. Hey, Josh, Josh Allen got a rocket, bro. What? Boy, got a rocket. But some, he doesn't know how to use it that much sometimes, so he'll just like overthrow the shit, <laughs> but he got a, bro got a rocket, man. Yeah, yeah straight cannon. I'm with you. So so are you? Are you? Are who's your who's your Super Bowl pick? Before we get in the in the hoop talk, before we get to the shits. Oh, that's a tough one because I got. I mean, uh, the
1: young and Patrick Mahomes went out too. I actually, I like. Wait, no. Oh
0: no, no. Pat Mahomes, but Pat Mahomes playing next week. Uh, What is he? Has that been confirmed? Because he was concussed. I mean, mean, all right, look. I mean, I mean, okay, we're talking about the NFL, bro. Like, who's your
1: pick? This is a tough one, man. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers and them because it's at the crib and it's gonna be hella cold. And then uh, that's my Bay Area word. You like that? Hella. So hella cold. You spent two weeks out here. Thank you, my Piedmont slang. Hella cold. And then um, uh, then I'm gonna go with Pat Mahomes and the boys. But I got Pat Mahomes and 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 Casey doubling down. Oh,
0: okay. So that's your pick. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. For sure. Um. Pat Mahomes is scary, and I don't really want to pick against Pat Mahomes. For the sake of picking against Roger Bell, I'll, I'll, I'll go against I'll go against Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I'll go with Aaron Rodgers winning, winning the whole thing. That's a bet. All right, man. So, let's get to the shits. So, the biggest thing in the NBA right now, James Harden went to the Nets. Is, I thought he was always... What? Uh, huh? He went to the Nets. <laughs> went to the Nets. No, I... He went to the Nets, Mm -hmm. right? I thought he was going to go to Philly this whole time, but I am on record saying that I hope he goes to Brooklyn. I just wanted to see it. I just wanted to see the spectacle. I wanted to see, I wanted to see all the stuff that was going on, right? And I tapped into the first game. He has a triple double. KD drops forty. Looks like this is like a fun team. It looks like a fun team. I I can't even lie. It does. What do you think about the trade so far? Are you? Are you? Is it? super team do do we are the nets going straight to the finals Are is you know is are they going to reverse gentrification like is it going to are they going to be that dope <laughs> a, a <laughs> lot to unpack here man because <laughs> no
1: really a lot to unpack because my initial thought when the trade went down i i was against the trade um and you are on record saying you wanted to see that you thought it'd be great and i was like look man i don't know that you want to put Kyrie, kevin durant and 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 James Harden on the same court together. And then since I made that statement, Kyrie's just gone and been AWOL and doing his thing. Um, James Harden just made a mess in Houston. And so, you know, for my buddy Steve Nash, I'm like, damn, dog, like that's a lot of shit that you're going to have to deal with from a coaching perspective. Um, Not not to mention figuring out how like all of those pieces are going to work together on the court. Uh, Having said that, and on the flip side of that, you probably have like, I mean, three of the top what, fifteen to seventeen players the top in the 10? NBA. Ten, you put Kyrie in the top ten. Okay, that's fine. We can debate that. No, I got no beef with that. But let's say twelve to fifteen players in the league. That's a, That's a. That's not a bad problem to have. But I too tapped into the game the other night, Logan. I too tapped into the game the other night, and that shit looked crazy, dog. Like him and like Kevin Durant and James Harden. Just go ahead and trade Kyrie now. Do it. Do move him. Get rid of him. Oh, dog. get him. Get off of him. Get what you. you, don't li- you uh, listen. If you can find something real complimentary to James Harden and Kevin Durant,
0: flip Kyrie right now. Flip Kyrie right now. Right now. I don't see. I don't know about all that, man. I I think if you put three talented dudes together, is going. It's going. Gonna, it's gonna, it'll work. I know. I, it, it look. It looked like. You know what it looked like. It looked like an all star game. It just looked like they were just yo Kevin. Oh, uh, get a bucket. Ah. James, just ISO. Ah, 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 You I know, turn Kevin into Dion Waiters. Ah, ah, And then... <laughs>
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly and 100% in that it looked like an all-star game. You know what throws that joy and that rhythm that you just articulated off? You know what throws that off? What What is that? Another mouth to feed. Another person in the mix that's going to stop the ball and be dancing on the ball and have two other
0: players standing there watching. Okay, so... All right. Have you let me go through the Roger Bell career? Have you played with with that many ball dominant players before? N- no, nope, no, no. The, the
1: closest the closest I could come was like like the Mavericks team I was on in 03 when you had Nash, you had um, Michael Finley who was a perennial All Star at the time, you had Dirk Nowitzki. You know, th- these are all guys that they weren't as ball dominant, though. But then off the bench, we came with Nick Van Exel. Um, you had Walt Williams, all guys that had the ball in their hands, but not to that level, though. Like these you're talking mm-hmm. about three all time usage rate guys. All of them are probably in the top, you know, 10. Um I think I read a stat where at least James Harden and Kevin Durant are in the top maybe 10 all time. Kyrie is kind of not in the top 10 because he played with LeBron. But over the last four years, his usage rate has certainly been top 10 in the league.
0: That's fair. But if you have three great players, right, Mm -hmm. you have to give it a chance before you trade them. bro. And you know that. No, I'm okay with that. Like, yes, I do know that. I'm just... Give them some grace to be like, okay, so boom. This is what I'm saying. Give them... I feel like give James some grace. He did all this shit to get to Brooklyn the least he could do is sacrifice or somebody. I feel like they can sacrifice their games to figure this out. Okay. This has happened before. Kevin has done this before in golden state. No,
1: no, no, that's, that's no, no, that's erroneous. He did not. He did. No, he definitely did not do this. He didn't He definitely not do this. What? He didn't do this. He did something. He sacrificed his game. He did something like this, but he didn't do this. You're dealing with clay. Thompson does not need the ball. Draymond Green, dirty, uh, tie Curry. everything Steph, together. Steph, Steph Curry, a, a ball-dominant guy, but can play off the ball. You're now dealing with two dudes that are ball-dominant. And even if they can both play off the ball, you are only dealing with one
0: ball-dominant guy in Golden State. So it is different. Same, same, but different. I think that they can figure it out. The reason why you put the ball in Kyrie's hands and the the compromise will happen if you put the ball in Kyrie's hands, the other dudes can just come off screens. They can figure it out. They can stagger minutes. This can work. Why is my that- my biggest issue. Hold on one second. Go my ahead, biggest go ahead. issue with this, it's not it's not the big three, Roger. It's the it's the front court. I don't know. <laughs> the front court is what I'm scared of. I don't think that like they they got rid of Jared Allen, and all they have is what. DeAndre Jordan, yeah. who they have not played in crunch time minutes, and got the big deal because you know he's. Let's be frank, he got the big deal because he's the homies with uh with Kevin and Kyrie, right? He got the homie deal. Well, you're moving off of topic. I'm with you that DeAndre Jordan. But All the front, I'm saying is
1: the front court. Yeah, the front I'm court's an is issue. That.
0: Like, and the but I don't have an issue with the, I don't have an issue with the big three. Is what I'm saying. I have more of an issue of like, how are they going to be? Do they make a deal to get in the front court? They get front court help. Well, th-
1: that's that ties into what I was saying early, and yeah, I mean, you're going to let them play together. You're going to see what that looks like, but don't be naive to think that, like, or to not think that them picking up James Harden was in was a play, you know, to get better as a team, but also to flip the leverage situation with Kyrie. Like, look, dog, like this this thing is moving with you or yeah. without you. So you bring your ass back, or you could keep acting the way you're acting. But we're we're going to keep it moving. We got we have a plan B, and that is James Harden. So. Um so yeah, let them play together. I was just super excited because it looked so good the first time, you know, I saw it. And them jerseys is icy too. Them jerseys are so icy. They were they were nice, but you know what was even icier than that? What Steve Nash did What's with that? his offense. Like the the pace that they were playing at, um was one that allows like, and if they can continue to play a breakneck pace, everyone can get a, it's going to make it easier for each one of those guys to be able to eat that organically. there are more possessions. They're going to be more shots for each one of them. But I also like the fact that they were really getting them off the ball quickly. Um, you know, kind of cutting one of them through, reversing the ball, then getting into a quick DHO on the other side of the court. Um, and so it wasn't stagnant. Like J- even James Harden, who can get stagnant, and he had his isos in the game. Yeah, a lot of it wasn't wasn't just coming down and going iso. It was some quick movement, some quick ball movement, player movement, and then you were into your
0: attack. And I I just thought it looked really good. So I was curious. That was another thing I was curious about with this big three because when you look. Kevin, if you want to play fast, Kevin's coming off Achilles. I mean, he's playing like an MVP, but he's coming off an Achilles, right? Which makes you probably want to play slower, right? And then you have Kyrie and James Harden, who aren't necessarily running gun guys. They 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 slow down the offense. I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that. One question you kind of you kind of answered, but I, I want to get more of your perspective on it. Is does this move put more pressure on Kyrie to get in gear in your eyes? One hundred percent. Well, I mean, one hundred percent. And again, I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know because I, I want, I want before I do ask that question. Getting gear might have been a little, mm, because we still don't know everything that's going on. So, like, if I don't want to just, if if something comes out about Kyrie, maybe it was some family stuff or something that comes out. I don't want to. I do want to be fair to him. But does it put more pressure on Kyrie in general? Well, yeah, is I'm not, old, I'm
1: uh, not passing judgment on what Kyrie is doing right now. Like, so, like, let's be yeah. clear about that. But but yeah. in either case, yeah, it does put a little bit more pressure on Kyrie. And you know, you're making a move if you're Sean Marks and them. And I I told you from having spoken to Steve early in the process, he he wanted as many shot creators and playmakers as he could get. That's the style that he wants to play. So James Harden fits the bill, right? But in the process of getting better, um, if, if you can get exponentially better to the point where Kyrie now becomes number three in the equation by most accounts, like, yeah, that puts a lot of pressure on Kyrie. And again, you've kind of taken, not that he had any leverage, but now you have leverage as the Brooklyn Nets to say, hey, look, man, I mean, there's only so much we're going to take. And I imagine and I talked about this like before Kevin Durant um how much patience did he have with Kyrie without having James Harden there? Maybe a lot more. With James Harden in the picture, I would imagine, you know, Kevin Durant doesn't have as long of a leash as 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 he does right now w- with Kyrie kind of being a wall with no real good explanation if there isn't a good explanation for it.
0: Yeah, I think that I know the biggest thing with Kevin and Kyrie, Kevin has used this season as his mission to put an arm around Kyrie and kind of shield that stuff from him. I mean, you can see that on every bit of any interview done with him. You can see that with the Instagram live. He's trying to shape something around Kyrie that maybe to push back on the narrative that Kyrie has had, you know, throughout the years. He's trying to put his arms around him and be like, nah, this is not how it is. Y'all don't really know him like I, like I know him and I got him. Um, Where does this put the Nets um, within the Eastern Conference?
1: Favorites. You put them as favorites? Favorites right now for me, man. Like, I just, you know, I said it last year when you had all of those teams going into the Western Conference, and then you had, you know, the Lakers figuring it out, and the Heat sneaking out, and people were asking me about it. Like, you give me the two best players on a team, I'm taking them. So now you're telling me I got James Harden, I've got Kevin Durant, and – Let's say I have Kyrie, and and to your point, three great figure players figure it out. I'm taking the Nets, dog. you just going to have to beat them. Someone's going to have to prove me wrong. You know what I mean? Like, they look good. Now, I do agree. DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan, and he hasn't been super trustworthy, like, in those moments in the past, and he's a little longer in the tooth. So, he's either got to really get it together, or they're going to have to figure, you know— Sean Marks is gonna to have to continue doing a great job there in and finding a piece that can really help them. But Joe Harris is playing great. Like we kind of clown the bag and everything. He's he's perfect for what they've done. I now. mean, the bag is the bag, man. He's playing well. No, he's playing fantastic. Um, you know, they
0: they are they're going to be really tough. Now, do they beat the Lakers though? Mm. Mm. That's tough.
1: I still, do, I they beat the Lakers. I, you don't have an answer for Anthony Davis, like that's
0: and that's their biggest. That's what I'm saying, though. That's their biggest flaw right yeah. now is their front court. And they and the Lakers have arguably, if not the best big in the league. You
1: know what? Here's here's what this is going to boil down to, Logan. And I, 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 I want to get your take on it too. This is going to be a stylistic matchup, right? And LeBron always loves to play fast, or so he says. Like, he thinks they're better when they play fast. I would make the argument that this is the one team you don't want to get up and, like, you don't want to get into a, a rat race with what Brooklyn is going to look like when they're firing on all cylinders. So I think it's it's whoever can command the pace of the game in a series like that is going to win it. Like, what say you?
0: Uh, I, I think that, too. I think that um, this is a team, if they're going to play, pay, like, the Nets are going to be a fast team. You obviously slow them down. Uh, but you slow them down with your biggest strength, which is Anthony Davis in the in the post. My question to you, though, and throw it right back to you, is how do you stop a fast team from getting stopped? Like, how, how did a team stop the Phoenix Suns seven seconds or less? Because you guys were trying to get up and down the floor and run people off the floor. How do people stop you guys? Um... Yeah, that that's that's a good question.
1: Um see the thing with playing fast is it's the most natural thing for 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 people because it's the way you play pickup and and it's the way you know you play, you know, on the park and stuff like that. So it's easy to bait a team into getting up and down with you. Like so our sons' teams, like, you know, it was easy for us to bait people into getting up and down because guards want to get up and down. Bigs, bigs typically don't, but guards are like, heck it, we'll go, let's ride. And so you could get them caught up. Um, I, I think running offense, Logan, um, which is kind of a dying thing in the NBA right now, like running true offense helps slow a game down, right? Like we're gonna get in and be very deliberate about getting into our sets. Do you know what I mean? And our sets aren't gonna be, you know, coming down into some quick pistol action, which is guard. Guard hits ahead, flies off the other guard, um, and then you know we run into a ball screen, and then the shot's up within seven seconds or eight seconds of the shot clock. I'm talking about bring it down and run a true set. And to your point, where we have the mismatch with Anthony Davis, I know he doesn't love to touch it on the block, but we're gonna touch it on the block because that putting it into the post or into the mid post really slows the game down. Right? It it, it really can take the air. Out of the ball at times, command a double team, swing, swing, swing to the corner. Now we're sitting on like I don't know five seconds in the shot clock. That's how you take the air out of a running team. Can you dig what I'm saying? And then really,
0: really yeah. pound the offensive glass. Is that why? Is that why the the Spurs and the, and sometimes the Mavericks gave you guys trouble because they had those post dominant players like a Dirk or or a, or a Timmy?
1: Yeah, and they weren't they weren't coming down shooting the early random three. Right? They had they had Dirk they had Tim, you knew they were going to touch the ball, but even when they got out in transition, if it wasn't a layup and an advantageous, like good look at the basket, like analytics be damn, they weren't just coming down there and casting the three up. Right. So they would just let, let the secondary kind of flow in and they'd run whatever secondary, you know, uh break they were going to run. And they would just kind of get you down into the eight, seven, six range. And, you know, before you know it, you're defending a little longer than you want to. And that, and that's how you control pace of the game.
0: I could see that. I could, I could, I mean, you know, watching, you know, the, I used to watch you guys play after you guys beat the Lakers and that would be you guys' Achilles Hill is just like, what do we do now? Like, what, what is it? What, what happened, especially against the Spurs? So that's going to be something that I look, look at with the Brooklyn Nets. I think that honestly, man, I wish, and Sasha put the, put it in the chat. I wish we were outside for this, man. I wish we could see the Lakers versus the Nets. Brooklyn versus L.A., man. LA, you know what I mean? I just I, I just wish we could see that, man. The, the people need to see
1: that. The people need to see that. And I, I want to ask you a question. How do you feel about viewing the NBA now um, what, that they're back in their home arenas? without the fans. Like I really liked the bubble. The bubble didn't bother me that much. How do you how do you feel about the home arena uh viewing experience?
0: It's like, bro, it's like they teasing me, bro, cuz like I want to watch it in person. You know, we work hard to get credentials to watch this in person. I wish that, you know, you could see it with the fans in there. You know what I mean? Especially at, you know, where I'm at at, uh, at Chase Center or, you know, Staples Center. Like it's cool but you know Staples Center when there's fans in there. You know the vibe when you go to Staples and play the Lakers or play the Clippers. Like, there's a different vibe. Or when you go to Madison Square Garden and there's fans in there versus it's empty for shoot-around. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's a different vibe. So I, I wish there were fans there. I wish we were, I, you know, selfish. I no, wish we were out it, but of like
1: this. you viewing
0: it, view, watching it on TV. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, 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 okay. That's a fair point. So I'm going to sound like a really... I don't know. I'm going to sound like real boozy like or whatever, but the viewing experience is way better on television. It is like, it just is what it is. You, I don't know how it is for you. Like if you're injured or something and you're on the, on the bench, but like when we're up there in the stands, like there's so many distractions. I could be real with you. I've only, I probably only watched maybe 10 or 15 games with very, a lot of intent. Just like intense focus on right. the games, right? You know what I mean. When I'm during covering the games, like covering the Warriors and stuff like that, that's I think there's only been about yeah, ten or fifteen games because there's you're looking at, oh who's in the stands or or what's going on in the, in the arena or like just things that have nothing to do with the game, but on TV yeah everything is there, bro. I
1: must like I f- I find myself drifting into casual fandom right because i yeah. I miss the bullshit going on in the arena. I miss the people. I miss looking to see who's in the front
0: row of the game, like but you don't I, but you don't go to the game, but as a media member, you don't go to the games to watch the game. no you go for all the stuff that's around it. I'm talking about me
1: sitting on my couch watching a game right now, like when I tuned in tonight to watch Utah versus Denver um now I'm way more focused on what's happening in the game because There's nothing else happening around it, right? Like there's no crowd noise. There's no. But I find myself like, damn, dog. Like I really miss the vibe that is an NBA game. I miss. I miss the shit. I miss the arena, man. I miss the people. I miss the. the, I do. You know, even even at home on a TV.
0: Well, yeah, because you could you can see how big the stakes are when their fans are in the arena. You could just see it, and also, man. When it's the postseason and there's fans involved, the fans might win you one game you ain't supposed to win. No you doubt. You know, it's, I do like that. Um, but when as a media member though, like I do like watching games. Like if I'm going to watch the technical side of stuff, I like watching that on TV more than, cause like I said, for me, I don't go to the games per se to watch the game. And it's weird to say that I don't think, I think you would understand that, Raj. I'm not sure like an average fan would get that aspect of it, but we go to see people. We go to, like, hey, Roger's in town. I don't get to, he doesn't, he only comes to the Bay twice a year. Let me go tap in with Roger. Right, you know what I mean? you right. me go see how he's doing. Or, you know, a, a scout is here, or maybe an agent is at this game. You gotta watch sure. Or, um But, yeah, like, I do miss the fans in there, though. I say all I have to say, I do miss the fans, but I, I know, personally, I just get distracted by a lot of different things when the game was going on with fans in there um as opposed to when I'm at home I can just watch the game yeah the the breakdown of a game
1: I mean I you you have a pause button you can rewind like I'm I'm sitting there really breaking it down I'm stealing plays for like my high school kids and and my youth program and stuff like that like that's a breakdown level that you don't get when you're there um so at home yeah for sure for true for the true NBA analyst like the person that wants to break it down, like I can dig it. I'm just saying, man. I'm I'm getting casual in my old age because I missed the
0: I missed the whole I missed the vibe. I'm just I just missed the vibe. Yeah, man. It's uh, yeah. It it's point blank. This pandemic sucks. How about that? <laughs> there point you blank. go. Point blank. Um, let's take a quick break, and um, I got something to talk to you guys about, and you will find out after the break. Ha. <laughs> this episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident. It was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy.
1: Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com.
0: The Ringer NBA show is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played an NBA Daily Fantasy on Fantasy before? Right now FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. FanDuel is so easy to use and for Daily Fantasy you can pick up a new team every game. There are different contests across sports in relation to your skill level. You can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matchups, and enter contests for as low as 5 cents. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first purchase with a 20% deposit match. Download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now or go to FanDuel.com backslash NBA. FanDuel, more ways to win. And we are back. Now, Raja, I was, you know, I was I obviously saw the uh, James Harden trade and was looking at the coverage around the trade. And one thing that I saw was... um it's alluding that Shaq and James Harden have a bit of a beef, Roger Bell. Mm. And it stems from comments that Shaq said on Inside the NBA about Harden. Um, Harden responds on Instagram, on um, his Instagram stories. I don't even know if you know how to work an Instagram story, Roger. Chill, dog. Chill. Um, chill. And then D-Wade, D-Wade, <laughs> D-Wade chimes in. So a bunch of people chime in. So let's, um it all started with Shaq who said, um, well, actually, it all started with James Harden in that in that um press conference where he said he gave it all to the city. Uh, it's over. I don't know if you saw that one, but it, it was basically like his last presser in Houston. We didn't know he was going to get traded, but it was a feeling that he was going to get traded. Right. I gave it all my all to this city. I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. Right. And so Shaq. Said, um when you say you gave the city your all, that ain't true. And he pointed out that the front office gave him Dwight Howard. It gave him Chris Paul, gave him Russell Westbrook. And none of that turned out to be a good fit for him, right? They overhauled the entire roster for him. And he says, when you're the man and you make all the money, you make 30, $40 million a year, it's a big responsibility. Chuck has said this many times. When you're on a team, you got a real responsibility. It's on you. When it comes time to show up, And he ain't show up. So a lot of people in Houston are glad he's gone. Now he's got his little super team. He's got to win this year. He don't win. It's a bust. period. Now, James Harden responds, And he says, we do all this talking about uplifting the next African-American athlete male. And some of these ex-players use their national TV or their own social media to do the opposite. I see it. I just stay to myself. The real never lose. Shout out to Dwayne Wade for being solid. Now, I have to ask you as a former player, who critiques players on a, you know, on a weekly basis? Huh? Do you feel there's a res <laughs> <laughs> Who critiques players? Do you feel that, whose side are you on on this argument? Do you feel that black former players have a responsibility to just have the current players No,
1: back? no, I do not. No. Okay. I mean, why not? Because Logan, just because you're a color or let's say just because you happen to be the same color as me doesn't mean I have to have your back in every case scenario, right? What if what if you are wrong? Like I can't just have your back blindly be, because you're the same color as me. Having said that, no, I I do believe in in black folks ha- having black folks back and 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 you know if they are in the right, trying to make sure that that the right narrative is 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 kind of spoken about, that can you dig what I'm saying? I'm trying to navigate through my thoughts here, but yeah. I don't think you're blindly going to just have someone's back because you're the same color as them. Like you can disagree with the way someone handles their business, um, you know. If if you're both black or if you're both white or if you're both like you know Hispanic, I don't I don't think that race has anything to do with you having someone's back if you don't agree with what they're doing. And I don't think that, that that's a guaranteed
0: thing. I think that everything Shaq said in terms of what happened with James Harden in Houston is pretty bulletproof, in fact, right? Like, he did have, um, he did get all these players put onto him. It didn't work out. James Harden, the numbers even suggest, and we've seen him with our eyes, in close games, he has not shown up most of the time. I mean, that's fair, right? That's happened. It's a critique as a no matter what, it was facts, right? He's not talking about I don't think that anything Shaq said necessarily was off base. And that I will say that like, you know, this is a bigger conversation, but I do say think that black folks have a responsibility to make sure it's told the right narrative is spoken on other black players, especially in sure. this day and age in the media. Is sure. that fair?
1: That's very fair. That's very fair. I right. can I can dig that. But that doesn't mean you're going to blindly go out there and 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 and, and support someone um, that, that you may feel didn't go about something the right way. And you have journalistic
0: integrity, too. Like, can you dig what I'm saying, though, Logan? Yeah. Like, you, you got to keep it a buck. No, no, I agree. With I think what, I don't think that in this case that Harden should have put race into this exactly. Like, I think he could have just, if he had a beef with Shaq, he could have been like, yo, you got me messed up and this is why. Because I don't know, if because I don't think that in that quote, and I saw the clip, I don't think that anything had to do with, like, he messed up. because He he lost because he was black. Like, I don't think that that was the case. However, you know what I mean? Like, I got didn't think I, that there was any, it was a race to be in any way in that
1: response. It, it didn't need to be in, involved. That's the best point you can make about it. And because by that logic, like, I could never say anything bad about the way Kyrie's handling the situation in Brooklyn, right? Because he's black. And I'm black. That's just ridiculous,
0: right? Like, I just, I disagree with the way it's being handled. So I have to say that. That's my job. I will say I do disagree with sometimes how these, how these black athletes are being covered. I do say that. And that's another, okay. that's another thing that I could say. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I, I don't like in a lot of ways how black folks get covered in mainstream media as, a, as, you know, in general. Do you think that? How do you feel as a player when you were playing? Did you towards, um, you know, when you saw somebody that looked like you in the media, did you did you ever blink towards it, or did you ever feel any kind of way where like, man, I, I don't see a lot of me here? Um, I mean, or was I'm it al- or was it not something that that players are cognizant of that much?
1: Look, I'm always aware. We, Logan, we live in we live in a world um where once you you know, un, un, as unfortunate as it as it is, you know, w- once you kind of reach a certain level of professionalism in some fields, um, you don't see the same amount of faces in the crowd that look like you as you would, you know what I mean? Like when when you hadn't reached mm-hmm. that level yet. And so I was always acutely aware of that. But not, you know, that's not just in the journalism field. That's in that's in a lot of fields. Like you go into the doctor's offices. Um, You know, you don't, it's, it's disproportionate. You know what I mean? Like you go into a courtroom, it's disproportionate. Like, it's just, it, it, you know, head coaches it's disproportionate. It's, it's just what it is. Right. So I didn't, I wasn't really super aware of that, but if I'm, if I am being honest, like given the opportunity, like if a young Logan had ran up on me and I was like in a hurry and I needed to get out of a locker room and I had some shit to do. And I was like, yo, man, I got to go. I'm getting up out of here and I'm not doing anything else. If a young Logan had came up and been like, yo, I'm Logan Murdoch. Like, I'm trying to cut my teeth. Like, I, this is what I, man, it would really help me out. I'm going to do that. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like that, that I'm going to hold down because I feel like that's my responsibility. Um, but I, I can't say that I was super ever aware of that. Mm. more than sometimes. I would have
0: been in any other field it's, my bad. Got it. Because I know sometimes, you know, us is like, like media members are like, yo, man. You know, like we're covering you fairly. We don't do no like undertones when we write your. We try not to. We actually have, are more cognizant of like, you know, surfing around racial undertones to tell a story, right? And not like, you know, we, there's different nuances on how you're covered. And you're like, yo, what you wrote? You wrote that? Why would you say that? Like, well, what that 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 doesn't make me feel right. You know what I'm saying, Roger? When you see a column like talking to bad about you and you don't really know like yo man why? that that made me uncomfortable yeah I never had a I never had someone write a piece about me that
1: made me feel like there was a racial like motivation there or or painted a picture uh, because of their bias like you know what I mean like that mm-hmm. that never happened to me I, I would ask you though like as as a journalist like you're in those rooms all the time like were there people that y'all yeah. knew were just like yep that one
0: uh, I think that w- yes but I think that the biggest thing is we need to have more diverse newsrooms in general, right? Because, like, I mean, Sasha's from St. Louis, right? I've never been to, I've only been to St. Louis one time in my life. For me to speak on things that happen in St. Louis right now, I would, I feel personally that I would I wouldn't be versed enough to do it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be versed enough to, to say that experience. I have never been to the Virgin Islands before. You can't expect me to write something very, very, very accurate about something that's very specific to the Virgin Islands. I've never been there before. Right. Now, if somebody from the Virgin Islands could probably tell Roger Bell's story better than I can or in Florida better than I can. But like, that's why we need more representation all around from you know, black, white, Hispanic, uh, non-binary male, female. I think that's why we need that because pe- things slip through the cracks anyway. Like, cause people already have their b- biases in general anyway. So I feel like in order for us to write and cover a complete world, we have to have a diverse set of people in the media space.
1: Yeah. I straight think, up. no, I
0: listen, I, I would,
1: I would agree with you. I think that's very fair. Um, I do want to go back to the James Harden, Shaq thing though. I do. I like. I want to defend James Harden. I haven't done it that much um, since since you know him not reporting to camp and then being being at the ice ball and you know all <laughs> of the things that were going on with James Harden before the trade. But I do think Shaq, just because someone doesn't show up, like and have, I and mean, I don't mean show up, but just because someone's numbers aren't as good in the big games as you think they should be or as they needed to be for their team to win, that doesn't mean that person didn't give their all. And that's fair too, right? Like James Harden might have struggled in in some of those big games. That could be a fact. That doesn't mean he didn't lay everything on the line in those big games. It just means he wasn't great in those big games. So when he gets up there and says, I gave everything to the city, I want to be fair to him too, right? Like,
0: But I mean, he's the second best rocket since... I mean, I would say he did because I would say he's the second best rocket of all time, to be honest with you. Well, behind Hakeem. But what I'm saying behind Hakeem, what I'm saying with Shaq is like, when I, when I say I agree with what Shaq said, I say like, yo, man, you are. And he he's he said that you, I wouldn't say it's baloney that you didn't get all, I would clarify and say, I don't think it's baloney that, that, I don't think it's whack that, um, like James Harden, I feel like he did, did give all to, to that city. Like he, the Rockets have never, uh, have never been that good. Well, they have been that good. They won the two titles, but other than that, they haven't been that good since. And he brought them to heights that they probably the second best team of this era. I mean, behind, behind the Warriors, right? Like they, the only reason why they didn't win because of the Warriors. Um, but Shaq did say, yeah, man, like you didn't, no matter what the case is, you didn't show up. In those big moments
1: That's fair, though. That I mean, again, like all these things can be true, right? Like that is fair. Like yeah, yeah. if you're saying he didn't perform well in those, and it's your job as the number one who gets paid, as the number
0: one who is the MVP, to show up, and you did not, I, that's fair too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think so. And also, one thing, I'm, ki- I'm, I'm sure it'll come up at some point. Well, the first thing I think about when I see what James did, like in Houston. At least this season, I mean, we don't. I don't know if we know the whole story just yet. Like I, I just don't know. Maybe he you know what I mean. There was some reports out, like new ownership, right? That hasn't necessarily this. The downfall of the Rockets can be, can be, when pointed right when Fertilla bought the team. Just the downfall in general, right? They were a well-run organization. They were getting to the postseason. They were, they gave the Warriors their best shot twice. Ever since Fertilla bought the team, it's been downhill, and I don't know the inner workings of that. But a lot of people ha- that made the Rockets successful are no longer there, so I don't know what James was going through. And like I said, like this league, like so- something will get out. But I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna say I'm curious to see that part of the story as to why James was just so fed up with. What was going on? That'll be very interesting. And and a lot of times organizations, yes, the changes start to happen
1: behind closed doors. They start to happen in the structure of the of the, uh, of the the company. And then it's, you know, that happens first. We're not privy to that. And then you start to see the product start to suffer a little bit. You get coaching turnover and player turnover. And then before you know it, the product starts to slip. But to your point, it's organizational dysfunction that kind of starts that, right? Like I talk about that a lot. The, my only beef with James, like my beef with James in this, like I, I am always for player um executing or, or leveraging their 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 power and 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 um for player empowerment. I didn't like the way it was handled, not reporting. I thought you owed it to Steven Silas. If you're gonna then okay, here's what's interesting. You're gonna play the race card, right? If you're gonna play the race card on Shaq, we talk about young um, you know, black coaches not getting the same opportunity and you had one come to Houston. Um and it might have sabotaged Silas's what? you rain, you, you, know yes, what I mean? you you absolutely you didn't treat that with the respect that it deserves so don't turn around and play the race card on me but you know the last 3 games he was in Houston Logan that man was going out there getting like 15 16 like you could tell he he wasn't like for, you're in that yeah. with your teammates dog like and yeah. I and and it wasn't because you weren't good
0: enough because you went
1: to Brooklyn. Bro, he's throwing
0: passes out of he's throwing passes out of bounds and stuff. Right.
1: You go to Brooklyn and drop a a, a, a what? 30 point triple double on your first night and and two nights ago no, you had like he 15 with so, 12 turnovers. Like you weren't even trying he for your so teammates. Happy. That bothered me.
0: He looked so happy in Brooklyn, bro. He looked so free. <laughs> And I'm cool with
1: that. Like I'm glad you. I'm glad you got what you want. But while you were still in Houston under contract, you owed it to you owed it to the PJ Tuckers. Like you owed it to the you owed it to the to the John, um, Walls. To the John
0: Walls. You owed it to the Christian Woods. Hey,
1: listen. Like you owed it to, to those the dudes. Demarcus.
0: Even to the Demarcus Cousins you, who bought who signed yeah. for a vet minimum deal. You owed it to the, like, like who was trying to get his career back on track. Like you know, that's my beef. I can I can dig that. I can dig that. What is it like in a locker? I don't know if you've ever been in a toxic locker room with somebody. Have you been in a toxic locker room with someone just trying to get traded? Just like actively just trying to leave?
1: No. Not that I can recall. Not not anyone that's just doing whatever they can to get traded. No. I probably was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I probably was the closest to that when I was bugging out in Utah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, so how do you... Okay, so boom. So I, how do you remain a good teammate while also like beefing, outwardly beefing with coaches and, and GMs? Um, I try... Well, I...
1: You know, when I was outwardly beefing with the coaches, like I would... You know, I had Gordon Hayward and Earl Watson was on that team and, and Alec Burke was on that team. I'm trying to think of all the names, but I kept it a buck with them. Like, I was still cool with them. I still worked hard with them. I still you know, pulled for them, competed with them, did what I could to prepare them, um, in, in practice and stuff like that. Cause that was my job, right? Like, and given the opportunity, if they had put me in a game, I wasn't going to shit the bed on purpose because I didn't like what was going on with the organization. I would have competed. I just wasn't really given that opportunity, but the way you, the way you manage that Logan is you, you kind of, you know, you compartmentalize dog. My beef isn't with my teammates. My beef isn't with the dudes that I spend all my time with, that I work together with towards this common goal. My beef is with like the coach and with ownership. And I and you've got it to to whatever degree you can articulate that to your teammates so they know. Like dog, this shit ain't got nothing to do with y'all. This is this is between me and them. I still I still get down with you guys. I'm still in this with you, and I'm riding with you. I just have a problem over there.
0: Wait. So how does it? How do you compartmentalize that? Because. You could just spoil the whole bunch, right? Like the, it's like the bad kid in class who was like, man, fuck that teacher. This is why this teacher's trash. Right. This is why they trash. (laughs) Man, I told you they was trash. And then the whole, and then they turn the whole team against the teacher or the whole team against the coach. Yep. How do you compartmentalize to be like, fuck that motherfucker, but I'm going to make sure that this is all my guys are straight and I'm not going to cloud their judgment with what they're doing because there's two different things. It's two different um, things that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, that's a tough line to toe,
1: bro. Like it is, um, and I think it's a two-way street, Logan. Right, because you know, I think as a as a player, you have enough respect for for how hard it is to get to the NBA and the uncertainty about how many NBA games you get in a career to know how important every one of them is, right? Because you never know who's on that team playing in their last one before they got to go to the G League and they don't get a chance to come back up. And you never know who's on a yeah. retirement year. So you don't want to waste anyone's time by being that being that dude. So you're cognizant of that and you're trying very hard to compartmentalize and make sure that, you know, you're, you're not letting what's going on with management and the coach um, seep into the locker room and affect, you know, anyone else at the same time a coach has got to be a willing participant in that and he's got to understand that that, you know you can't be needling and messing with somebody to a point where they where it gets to that point do you understand what i'm saying and i'm not saying that happened to me i'm saying it's got to be kind of a two-way street right coach and player both a coach has to be smart enough to understand hey i got somebody in the locker room who is 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 like not happy and I can't be fucking with him because unless they're going to get him up out of here that is going to be a problem right if he's in that locker room and he feels like I'm fucking with him and we're already sideways that's going to turn into something that I can't I I can't control as a coach and we can't get him out of here and now we got a real problem on our hands so I think you know it takes a little bit of cooperation from two parties that you know aren't cooperating
0: well to begin with mm. did you uh what is it like to to get traded. Yeah, that sucks. Or almost traded. That sucks. Do you how many times
1: have you been traded in or almost traded? Um, I don't know how many times I was almost traded. I've been traded twice, twice I think. I got traded from Phoenix. Um, I found out I was we were in we were in LA staying at the Beverly Wilshire. Um, the first bus was about to leave. I was a second bus guy. And my phone rang. It was a, a number of a, a, a friend of mine who I played with in CBA, and he said, "Hey, man." I was like, yo, what's up, Los?" He was like, "Yeah, man, I think you just got traded." I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah, I'm really good friends with Jay Rich's like wife. We go back to like high school." She said, "You and Jay Rich were just traded, and there's some other pieces in the deal." So I got on the phone with my agent. I hadn't heard from Kerr and you know, long story short, I had been traded. So I said goodbye to everybody in the hallway as they were going to their buses. Like everybody was like, Oh fuck. Like, you know, we've been there a long time it was sad. And so I dapped everybody up. Um, I had just had my second son. And so Charlotte was like, look, you got 24 hours to go home and pack your stuff and meet us in Charlotte. And so I went home, kissed the wife, told her she had to pack up the house and sell it. Left my two boys and reported to Charlotte.
0: <laughs> so, so, so L.A., Phoenix, Charlotte. Quickly. In 24 hours, dog. With two duffel bags, we're out. Are you serious? How do you... Where do you live? What do you do? Tell me. I'm, I'm so intrigued by, like, a life of a player that's gotten traded. Yeah. You go to, like, do you get a house? Boom. Like, how often do you... Get... So here's what happens.
1: You get... Tell me everything that happens, Yeah, bro. dog. So you go... Like you get all your stuff, you hustle up, you you have to tie up all loose ends. We had just started a business in, in in Phoenix. So within the 24 hours, I got a game plan with my wife. I got to make sure she's straight with the kids. She's got to have help packing the house up. And then we got to kind of figure out how we're going to transition this business. I'm on a plane. I get picked up by, you know, your, your, your welcoming staff will probably be a manager or something like that. And then they just basically take you and drop you at the hotel. They drop you at the hotel in town. And they're like, yo, we'll pick you up tomorrow for a practice at 10 AM. So, you know, you, you get, you show up the next day, you meet all your teammates at practice. Um, you know, they probably get you some sort of rental car or something like that. And then it's house hunting, right? So they put you with a realtor and you start canvassing the 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 town for places to live, which schools would be appropriate. Hopefully they have a good realtor. Um, and And then it's about finding you know the, the 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 nuances of it are now. I got to find a crib. I'm not buying it because I'm on oh, I'm on a one and a half year deal, but I don't really want to lock into a long term lease either because I don't know the area well enough and I don't know if they're going to flip me again. So I need like a month to month rental, right? So it's it's just yeah, it's 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 tough. Now you get paid well to do it, but like all that transitioning
0: becomes really really difficult. And it's around Christmas and stuff like that. And then you got to, and then you got to think about the game, right? Like, so how do you compartmentalize that, right? Your your wife is back in, I'm assuming back in Arizona and then you got to, and your kids are back in Arizona and then you got to figure out how to sell a crib and then all this stuff, but then you have to play the game. How does that, how do you do that? Yo,
1: that's why I thought it was so dope that James Harden came out and to your point, looked like he was just super happy and excited to be where he was. Cause I couldn't make a bucket for like four games like they brought wow, me there really? to sh- they brought me there to shoot the ball and i kept saying to larry brown like coach i promise you man it's coming i just i don't know what's going on i was i was elsewhere like my thoughts were elsewhere my spirit was at home like i had i didn't want to be traded it hurt me like i you know it was it sucked like i was commiserating over over like crying over spilled milk if you will like i was already gone and i was still wishing i was in phoenix so i was hurt and I was still there mentally and emotionally. So I couldn't really go out on the court and be productive, dog. Or I wasn't good enough to both be hurt and still produce. James Harden, and I think you had a great point. Like he was, he's happy to be there. You could see it. He was hooping. When did you feel right? It it took me about four games, man. It took me about four games. Um, it 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 took me figuring out um that everything at home was gonna be cool. And then it took me real talk getting angry. Like, I was over the hurt part. You know what I mean? Like, I was over that. I was hurt. Like, I felt disrespected. You know, I was in my feelings about it. But reality was what it was. Like, I wasn't going back to Phoenix. You know what I mean? Like, I was now in Charlotte. And it became like, what are you going to do about that? Are you just going to cry and and shut it down? Like, or or are you going to try to make the most of this? And so, you know, eventually that inner competitor comes out. um, But it took me going through a range
0: of emotions with that. That's crazy, man. Well, that's a... I I love that we could do that on the real ones, man. Just, like, pull the curtain back on just on what is life like in the NBA and what it is like to be traded. It's People just see it as a transaction, man. No, like, you're uprooting a life, especially when you have a family. Oh, yeah.
1: Dog. And and what people, what gets lost in it, Logan, like, and, you know, people don't care because NBA players make so much money. But you're talking about, like, the complexion of a locker room, like, when that's your home, not just your family in terms of your wife and your kids, but like Sean Marion, Steve Nash, Leandro Barbosa, Amari Stoudemire, that was my family too. You know, like that was my family. And so, you know, that was kind of a mature group of dudes. Like we did things a certain way. We like to hang out and, you know, have dinners and drink wine and do that. And then I got to Charlotte and they were a bunch of great guys. But my first interaction with them was at a holiday party where they rented out a movie theater. And everybody was playing like 2K on the big screen, and I'm sitting in there like, what? Like, hey,
0: yo, I'm young, so that sound kind of fire.
1: It was it, no, but look, my kids would love it too. But it was just a culture shock for me. On top of all of the rest of the stuff going on, I just I was at a different point. It took me a while to really like start to groove and catch a vibe with 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 my new teammates because they were, it was just different.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to go to a locker room where there's when you go from. Steve Nash and uh, Amari Stoudemire and Leandro Barbosa to go on you with uh, you were with Jay Rich, but you're also with Steven Jackson, right? Steven Jackson was on that team. No, Stack, so Stack and I got traded a year later for each
1: other, right? Like, so it was... Oh, got it, got it. Got it got was it. me, Raymond Felton, DJ Augustine, uh, Gerald Wallace. Oh, that's
0: when you went to... Pete. So you got traded from Charlotte to Piedmont. From Charlotte to Piedmont. Play for the Warriors. Bro. Yep. Wow. That was... Was that weird, too? How was that? Because that's... So and you're injured, right? So like you don't even give me that trade story. That sounds wild. That was an interesting one too. So I had just said
1: I was having surgery, Larry Brown, I guess was like, "Yo, we can't use him anymore. Let's flip him out." So they flipped me. Um so I told Don Nelson like, "Hey man, I'm having this wrist surgery like I you know, here in Charlotte in like a month. What do you want me to do?" And they were like, "Well, stay home." And then they called me back like an hour later and Where's like, "Where's home? Are you are you going? I'm, are you staying in Charlotte?" I'm in Charlotte like and so you know, I'm 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 in Charlotte. We set it. We had just moved from that first like month to month rental I told you about into like uh-huh. a one year lease on a golf course. Set up my son's rooms, like all of that, bro. Whole life just yeah, yeah. put back together in Charlotte, and now you're traded again. So <laughs> they were uh, Golden State was like, come play this one game in Boston. I did that, um, and then I came back home, had surgery, and I reported to Golden State with about a month left in the season. So. It wasn't like it wasn't that much of a culture shock for me because I was just doing rehab. I got to know the guys a little bit. I traveled, but I didn't really play. Um, And I was kind of, I was in a role of like an elder statesman type of, you know, just kind of be around and be a mentor to the guys. So it, it it was cool. It wasn't that bad. It was the last year of my deal. I wasn't really tripping.
0: So there was no culture shock going to coming to the Bay. Like, did you bring the fam out here? Like, how does this? How does that work? Like, you're already in Charlotte and you have to uproot like what the fuck like what do you, what do you do yes luckily my boys weren't in school yet they were
1: still really young so we took it my wife and I took it as like you know we could we could we could kind of pick them up and and move them and 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 have them experience like different arenas and stuff like that cuz that's that's you know that's really one of my favorite parts of my NBA memories are when my kids were old enough to stand there and give guys high fives coming off the court and I wanted them to mm-hmm. be able to partake in that so we brought I moved them all out um to the Piedmont area with us and and we made them we made the most of it. You know, it's it's still your life. Like you're hooping, um, but that's not your whole life, you know? Like so you, you know, we 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 tried to
0: keep life as normal as possible outside
1: of the trades. That's
0: what's up, man. Well yeah man, this has been a, a real interest I like this real one. This has been a real interesting real ones, man. Um nice little Sunday night edition. A little Sunday you know night mean? edition, little, dog. So you're on little, record little, uh,
1: you're on record as saying Kyrie James Harden and KD figure it out. And that's, and that's, I am.
0: all right. All right. I think they go to the finals and lose to the Lakers in five or six. All right. I got you.
1: I'm, st- I'm, Is that stick-
0: fair. What about you? It's fair. I, I don't,
1: I could see that. Yeah. I, I listen, I'm with you. I said I the best three players. You, no, make a prediction. Make a freaking prediction. No, dude. I told you I got the Lakers. I think of the Lakers, the Lakers are winning. I think you, they don't have an answer for that, but. I would still explore okay, flipping okay, Kyrie bro. for two complimentary pieces. Just saying, that's not going to happen, Russia.
0: Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's been a it's been another edition of the Real Ones podcast on the Ringer NBA feed. Make sure uh-huh. you tap into the mismatch, the group chat. Um, make sure you tap into the answer with Chris Ryan. Don't forget. We have a new little show, Roger Bell. It's called Ringer NBA University. That's with Kevin O'Connor, Jonathan Sharks, and J. Kyle Mann. They talk about the young players in the league and the top prospects on their way to the NBA. Make sure, most importantly, you come back to us on Thursday for another edition of The Real Ones. We'll see you then.